we're starting oh, somebody's coming in let me put in him admit okay good 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 I think it's Nisim Nisim Bokator so we are starting okay so we are in page Lamed Gimel Hamud Aleph 33a at the very very bottom in the English is 33a4 so that's where we are okay and the, the last paragraph Tanurabanan so yesterday we did a little bit of a Musari a difficult Gemora different punishments for different transgressions just to end up that says the price there are four indications of sins Sima Lavera Hidrokan so this Avera is specifically speaking about sexual immorality so if a person transgresses sexual immorality we saw it yesterday he's gonna get hit with Hidrokan that was dropsy then the second one is Simal Lesinas Hinam, baseless hatred. Then it's going to be Yerakon with this jaundice. We have these two in Brachot, if you remember. Then the third one, Simal Egasos Aruach, uh, indication of a person to be arrogant, is Anius. I don't know how you present it, positive to be poor. And and if a person speaks Loshanara, then he gets Askara. That is, uh, for slanderous speech, is Askara. So this is, we also had it in Brachot at the very beginning, that this is the most painful way for a person to die. And the Gemara brings, now we're going to go into the Omer, that actually the students of Rabbi Kiva, that's how they, they died. So we're going to see soon, uh, the Gemara is going to speak a lot about it. It starts as a digestive problem and then goes up to the throat and the Gerson chokes to death. <clears throat> so let's move on. Um, okay, so turn of banan, another brisa. Ask her about the law, and then we're moving into the next page, 33b. Askara comes to the world, al according to this opinion, which is going to be Rabbi Barabiyosi, <coughs> is for people that don't give Maser to the Leviim. But according to. One second. This is Tanakama. According to Tanakama, Askara Alamaser. Then Rablosa Barabiyosi says, no, he comes a Lashonara. Uh, just like we saw in the previous Braisa, according to him, Askara comes because of Lashonara. Omar Hove, they say Marabeshev and Levi, there are those who say it was Rabbeshev and Levi, Maikra, how do we know that the Askara comes from this? Because it says, Vyamelech Ismach, uh, says Maikra, what is the verse? Ve'amelech ismach ve'elokim 
הדקים של רג'ויס אינגור, יסלל כל הנשבע בו, glorified will be everyone who swears truthfully by him, by Hashem, כי יסחר פי דוברי שוקר. When the mouths of the liars will be stopped, the word יסחר means to be stopped, but also it's from the word אזכרה, which is choke. So, um, look, look in uh, footnote number three. This is a psalm. The idea is that King David and others who love the truth will rejoice in God and be glorified when the mouth of the liars who slandered David, which were the people that incited Saul against him, will be stopped. So the term is Askera is Saher is a relation to it. So we see from this verse that Askera comes because of Lashonara. So look in the footnotes one and two. According to both opinions, this is also we have been seeing in the previous pages, everything is Midah Keneged Midah. So according to the opinion that Askera comes for people eating without giving the miser to the Levim. So since the table, which is on tithe, a food without, table, a without giving the miser, since table was eaten by the mouth and the throat, so also, says Rashi, therefore the mouth and the throat should, give, should get punished by choking. And uh, the, according to the opinion that is because of Lashonara, <clears throat> It's the same thing. A person use the throat and the mouth to speak Lashonara. It's the same thing. That should be punished. Okay, the Gemara continues. Ivo Leo. So they ask the following. Rabelaza Barabiyosi. When Rabelaza Barabiyosi said that Askera comes because of Lashonara, so Alashonara Keamar, he was only, according to him, Askera is only a punishment for Lashonara, or Dilma Aba Lashonara Namikomar. Or maybe no, he agrees, he comes for both. People that get Askara is because they didn't give Miser, and also because they spoke Lashonara. So the Gemara brings a proof to answer the question. Tashma, come and hear. So is, is, uh, there's a Brysa that says the following. When our sages entered the yeshiva of Yavne, that was called Akeren, Akerem. If you remember, we ended up Brachos, the very, very last day of Brachos, we had a Siyum, we learned this Gemora, well, not this Gemora, but the same idea, that after the destruction of the second temple, so the Romans didn't destroy the yeshiva of Yavne. So the Chachamim went to Yavne, but they couldn't openly have a Sanhedrin because the Romans would have not allowed it. So they did the Sanhedrin in a different way as it was in the temple. <clears throat> in the temple, the Sanhedrin was sitting in half a circle. Over here, there were straight rows and they seemed to be like a yeshiva. For the Romans, to think it was a yeshiva, not the Sanhedrin, and that's why it's called the Kerem. Kerem is a vineyard, 
and there were rows and rows like the vines in the vineyard. So when they went there, <coughs> so Ayasham Raviuda, so Raviuda Bariloi went there, Bariloi, <coughs> see, and Rabbi Shimon Bariyochai. And they asked the following question to them. Makazu, which means they ask Why Askara starts in the digestive system and ends up in the mouth? You know, this is the opposite as the virus going on now, the COVID-19. The COVID-19 starts in the throat and then goes down to the lungs. Ascara starts in the digestive system and then goes up and causes a person to choke. They ask him why. So says like this. So first, the first one to answer was Rabiuda Barabiloi. And the Braisa calls him Rosh Amedabrim Bechol Makom. He was the head of all the speakers in every place. So soon the Gemara is gonna, in the following Brisa, not in this one, first we're gonna answer the first question, then they go, go, the Gemara is gonna ask, why was he called Rosh Amedabrim, the first speaker? Okay, so he answered like this. So also if you remember, at the very end of Brachot, different organs of the body have different spiritual functions. So according to the Torah, the Klayois, the kidneys are the ones that give advice. Let me let Anthony come in. Okay. So working. Let me see why it's not working. <clears throat> ah, he already came in. Morning, Anthony. So, we are in the th Okay, sorry about that. Let's continue over here. So, we are in 33b1. So, according to Rabbi Yuda, even though the Clayot, the kidneys are the ones that give advice, Belayed Mevin, and the heart is the one that understands, Belashon Mechatech, and then the tongue is the one that articulates the words, but who is the Makavapatish? The Peh. The Peh is the one that's Goimer, that ends all the speech. So therefore, says Rabida Bariloi, the final punishment of Lashonara has to come back to the mouth. So that's why the Askera starts from the innards and keeps on going up and then the person chokes. That was Rabida Barilois answer. Then goes Nana Belanza Barabillo, see? Now this is the part that we want for the question. Because according to Rabilosar, Barabiosi, he initially said Askera comes because of Lashonara. We wanted to know if he also agrees that also comes because of not giving miser. So he answered, Because people eat impure 
non-kosher foods, so therefore they get askara. So the Gemara is going to question what he meant. Dvarim tmeim He really uh, mean to say because people eat non-kosher things. Rather, the Gemara says ela shochlim badvarim shenem mesukonim. No, because people eat things without giving them miser. So we're going to see. We actually see from this brisa that he also, Rabbi, Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Yossi, agrees that Askara comes as a, as a punishment for people eating without giving miser. And as we explained previously, because it starts in the stomach and then goes up to the, to the throat, people choke. Then just to end up the brisa, Oh, why people get Askara? Because of the nullification of the wasting time of learning in Torah. And that therefore it afflicts the mouth, that the mouth is the, the, the organ through which we can speak Torah. Okay, so we ended up the Braisa and we already answered our question. Now the Gemara is going to challenge Rabbi Shimon Bar Yoichai. The Gemara says, Amruloi, the Chochami Maskim, Nashim Yochiko. If you're telling me Askara comes for Bitul Torah, what about ladies? Look in the footnotes, even though ladies, they do have to learn Torah to know Allah, they don't, they don't have the mitzvah and they are not punished with Bitul Torah. They, they have other things to do. Yesterday, Karim was worried that she's been very busy cooking. She hasn't had much time to learn. Say, so listen, that is your mitzvah. We're going to go into eight, eight days of Yontev and eight days of Pesach. What are we going to make it without you cooking? So they, are, they don't have the chiv of, of Talmud Torah. So says the Gemara, why do we see also sometimes ladies, they get Askara? So he answered, Shemevat loses Balehen. They can also be responsible for Bitu Torah when they're causing their husbands to neglect the, the, the stories. Let's say your wife doesn't want you to do the Daf Yaimi. She gets jealous. You spend more time with Rabbi Pilatowski than you spend with me. God forbid. <laughs> so if they cause Bitul Torah, says Rabbi Shimon, they can also get Askara. Then the Gemara challenges, what about the Nachrim? What about the non-Jews? Askara is not only a Jewish disease, also non-Jews get Askara and they don't have the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So they couldn't get punished for Bitul Torah. Now look in the footnotes that the Meforshim they ask the Gemara, is that a question against Rabbi Shimon? It's also a question against the, two, the, the, the previous two opinions. The Goyim doesn't have to give Meiser, and the Goyim also, according to Rabbi Yudha Bariloi, uh, they, 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 they're not punished for speaking Lashanara. So why are you asking only against uh, Rabbi Shimon? They, they don't bring in now the answer. But the Gemara focuses on Rabbi Shimon. So what about the Goyim? So, Rabbi Shimon answers, no, Shema Mevatin is Israel. Also, if a guy does things that interrupt the Jew from learning, he's also punished for Vitul Torah. Then the Gemara goes back, Tinoikos Yochiko. What about your children that also they can get Askara and they're for sure they cannot be held responsible when they are so young for interrupting people from learning Torah. Now, look also in the footnotes. Also, they asked this question in the Meforshim. 
That should also be a question for the previous two opinions. Okay, let's move on. So says the Rabbi Shimon, no, Shimevatim is Avien. Yeah, if they are so, even though they are young, nevertheless, if because of their whatever they are doing, especially now that we have all the, all the kids at home, they can also uh, cause their fathers not to be able to learn. They also get Askara. But then the Gemara turns to Tinokos Shelbeis Rabban. Remember, uh, Anthony, we did this in the in the Derech Etzchaim of the of the Ramchal. The Gemara says the whole world only stands on the Hebel PM Shel Tinokos Shelbeis Rabban. The whole world endures through the Torah that is Tinokos Shelbeis Rabban. These are the not adults; they're still young kids, but not so young as just to drive their parents crazy. These are younger kids that are already learning. They're serious. So, if they are serious and they are learning, why did they get askara? So Rabbi Shimon answered, Rabbi Gurion. Oh, yeah, you're right, but that's a, a different reason. This is like Rabbi Gurion explained. The Amar Rabbi Gurion those who say was the other person in a generation when they are tzadikim so tzadikim nitpasim so Hashem if he needs to send punishment on the generation Hashem rather channels the punishment and he only punishes the tzadikim so they are over here they translate that in, in, in snared they have been taken, they have been punished to atone for the entire generation. Now, ain't Sadiqim, what about a generation when there's not Sadiqim? Ain't Sadiqim Badoir? So then says Rabbi Shimon, Then Hashem is going to punish this Tinoiko Shelbeis Raban. So with this, he answers the question why do, why, do we, why do they get Askara if they are really learning? I say, yeah, as a kapara for the rest of the Jewish people. Look in the footnote number 17. They bring the, the name of the Maral. The entire Jewish people were like one body. So therefore, if some other parts of the body are, are in problem, so sometimes there's another limb of the body that gets to be in pain, to be punished. So the Tzadikim and this Tignon Kishol Beraban, they are the ones that through them, they they channel all the punishment of the Jewish people. Okay, let's continue. Omar Rabbi Bar Zeiri, Veamrila, Omar Rabbi Shimon ben Nezira, Maikra. How do we find a verse supporting this answer that that sometimes Hashem channel, channels the punishment through the Tinoko Shalvei's Rabban? It's brought in in, in the Shira Shirim. If you know, know not where to gaze, no, yeah, if not, if you not know where to gaze of first of women, women, follow the footsteps of the sheep. That means they, well, the, the, the first let's see the rest of the pasuk. Then you can gaze your kids among the dwellings of other shepherds. And regarding this verse, we say, 
גדויים הממושכנים על הרואים. So the word ממושכנים is based on a double meaning of a word. So look in the phone number 19. So it says like this. The verse says, So the word mishkenot in its plain meaning means dwellings. Then you can gaze for kids among the dwellings of other shepherds. But also the word mishkenot is the same word of the word mashkon, which means a collateral. So therefore, what the verse means is that the kids, the young ch school children, the Tinoco Shoveraban, can serve as a collateral for the shepherds, which is the scholars and the leaders of the generation. Should the generation be without scholars, so the school children, they are the collateral. So look how they bring, according to Rashi, how to understand the Pasuk. So according to Rashi, you learn the Pasuk like this. If you do not know how to observe my commandments, then follow the footsteps of the sheep, which means daven for mercy from Hashem in the schools of the Avos, so that your children will not serve as collateral for the shepherds. So that's how the Gemara learns this Pasuk as a proof of this principle. Now, going back next next page, <laughs> going back to the original question that it was, um, what was Rabbi Elosa Rabbi Yossi's opinion? So the Gemara says, Shmamina. So we, as we mentioned before, according to Rabbi, 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 Shmuel, Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yossi, the Askara comes for two things, for not giving maestros and also for speaking Lashonara. Okay, now let's go to the famous story of Rashi Mombar Yoicha in the cave. So the Gemara asks, The Mai Karule Rosh Medavrim Bechol Makom. Why in the previous Braisa, the Braisa introduced Rabbi Yuda as the first speaker in every place? So what happened is as follows. The Yasvi, once upon a time, they were sitting. Rabbi Yuda, Rabbi Yuda Bariloi, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimoyin. There were three of them there speaking together. There was another guy called Yehuda ben Gedim, Gavayu. Now, there's two opinions especially at the end of the story, in the Rishonim, whether this guy was a normal guy, some, some even think that this Yudha ben Gerim was a Torah scholar. Other opinions of the Rishonim is, no, this was a Rashi Merusha, was an evil guy. So the three tonight were having a conversation, and this Yudha ben Gerim was listening to them. So Pasach, Rabbi Yudha Omar, Rabbi Yudha started by saying, Komanayim asem shel umazu. How admirable, how good are the deeds of this nation, meaning to say the Romans that have been conquering the land of Israel. Look, they established marketplaces. They did all these shopping centers. If you ask now in Israel, they're going to say, oh, the, 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 the governors, the rulers of Israel, they're doing amazing things. They're doing shopping centers and Tignuk Shorim, and they're doing highways and they're doing bridges. Over here for the waterways, 
they take number Chatzaoyes, and they establish bathhouses. So Rabbi Yehuda was admiring the Romans. Rabbi Yossi Shosak. Then Rabbi Yossi didn't want to give his opinion. He just kept quiet. And then in Rabbi Shimon and Yochai, Rabbi Shimon and was fired. And he told Rabbi Yehuda, what are you talking about? Everything they did is only for themselves. They did the marketplaces to put harlots over there. Bathhouses, just to beautify, to glorify themselves, their bodies. And why did he build these bridges and all these highways? Just to collect tolls from the travelers. So I went to the Marsha. He explains that also Rabbi Yuda was really out of fear of the Romans that he was speaking like that. Because there's a Gemara of Adazora that when Mishiach comes, the non-Jews come to Hashem and they also want a reward for doing all this. And Hashem is going to tell them, like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said, what are you talking about? You did all that for yourselves. So it's difficult to say that Rabbi Yudha would disagree with that Gemara. So therefore they explained Rabbi Yudha was just trying to be careful because he was afraid of the Romans. Now, after all that conversation, Allah Yudha ben Gerim Dibrem. This guy, Yudha ben Gerim, went and he explained, he said over the conversation. Again, there's some opinions, he went directly to the Romans. Some opinions he just told either his students or his family. But what happened is at the end, the conversation ended up coming to the, to the authorities. So, so the Romans heard this conversation. So Amru, so the Romans said, Yehuda she'ila isaleh. Yehuda, that he spoke good about us, let him be elevated. And that's why he became the Rosh HaMedavrim. Some explain the Tresos, not only this, but many other things, the Romans <coughs> rewarded Rabbi Yehuda. Then, Yossi Shosak, Yossi, because he remained silent <coughs> and he didn't defend the Romans, so he didn't praise the Romans, let him go to Galus to Tzipori. And actually, that's where he went. And actually, Rabbi Yudha Nasi ended up going to Tzipori, and actually, the Mishnah ended up being composing Tzipori. So, Media Shin was paving the way to, for the Shiva to end up in Tzipori. Now Shimon, Shimon Bar Shegina, because he denigrated the Romans, Yareg. <coughs> we, we mean business, Let he, let's kill him. So Azalu Ubre Betashube Midrasha. So he needed Rabbi Shimon Bar Habrusa. So he took his son, Rabbi Lozor, and they both hid in the base Medrash. Kol Yoima. Every day, his wife, Rabbi Shimon's wife, would bring him something to eat. Rifta ukuza de maya, bekarhi. Bread, some water, a pitch of water, and they would eat. Now, the Romans kept on searching for Rabbi Shimon to kill him. So, when the decree was intensified, and they're doing more things to find them, Rabbi Shimon said to his son, Nashim daitan kala You know, women, 
They are not so strong when it comes to the mind, and they can easily be swayed. Dilma metzanale omegalelan. Maybe the Romans might come and torture your mother, and they might come and reveal. She might come and, re- and tell them where we are. So Aslu betashu bemarsa. So they went and they hid in a cave. Nobody knew where they were. So Israhish Nisa, so Hashem made a miracle for them. Ibarileu Haruba, Veina de Maya. And a kind of tree and a spring of water were created for them. And from there they were able to eat and drink. Look in the footnotes how the Marsha brings there was a miracle within a miracle because the Gemara in Tani says that the Kalov tree takes 70 years until it bears fruit. And over here in a split moment, the cow tree went up, which out of nowhere, that was the first miracle. And the second miracle didn't need to wait 70 years. Right away, the Kruvin, the, not Kruvin, the Karus were there. Okay. Their, their minag over there was to take off their clothes because they didn't want their clothes to become uh, used to, 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 how you say, to to break. So they would take off their clothes. The aviyas we add tzavarayu bechala. And they would sit, they were into the ground, covered in sand over their necks. And that's how they were learning. And they will only put on the clothes for davening. Kuli yom agarsi, all day they were studied together. Only at the times of davening, they would get dressed and they would pray with the garments. And after davening, they would go return and take off their clothes and immerse themselves again in the sun and learn for the clothes not to wear out from prolonged use. Okay, how long did they stay in the cave? It, it would they dwelled in the cave for 12 years. Finally, after 12 years, as Eliyahu, Eliyahu Navi came, and he stood at the entrance of the cave. The Omar and he said, Man, Lodie, Levar Yochai, the Miskeisar, who could inform Bar Yochai, the son of Yochai, that the Caesar had died, and his decree has been annulled. So he can go out, he can go out. So the Gemara says, Nafku, so when they heard such a thing, they went out from the cave. As they were walking already as free men, Chazo Inshi, whenever they saw people, the Kakarvi Bezori, they were plowing or they were sowing. So Amar, Rabbi Shimon would say, Manichim Chaye Olav these people, how they're forsaking the pursuit of, of life in the world to come, which is eternal life, and occupying themselves instead with concerns of the transitory life of this world. Remembering Brachos, Rabbi Shimon holds <clears throat> a person should be 24-7 just learning Torah. So for him, to see people working was a waste of time. So says the Gemara, Kol makom wherever both Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Lozar would see, would cast their gaze, Miad Nisraf, whatever object was a human being or whatever, would burn immediately. So look in the footnote number 31. Because of their towering spiritual stature, everything they perceive as evil simply ceases to exist. So Yatsavas called the Omrolaim, 
So after killing, I don't know how many people, so Avaz Koil, um, a voice from Shamaim, came and said, Do you come out of the cave to destroy my world? Go back to your cave. Okay, so other Azul, they went back to the cave. Isibo Trisargiarhishata and they dwell another twelve months, a full year in the cave. After one year, Amri, they said, Mishpat Rosham Begainum Shnemasarhoidesh. They learned Rashi brings, uh, the Gemara brings that the longest a Rasha can be in Gainum, we're talking a, a, a Jewish Rasha, we're not talking someone like Hitler in Marshimon. But a Jewish Rasha, the longest he's in Gainum is for twelve months. And that's why uh, when we have a relative that passes away, we say Kaddish for 11 months, we don't assume he was Mamesh or Rasha. But the longest a person can get him is for 12 months. So they said, uh, maybe by now we can already go out of the cave. Yatsabas called Amra, and actually, again, a heavenly voice also spoke from Shamaim and said, Tsumi Maratchem, you can go out already from your cave. Okay. Second chance, they go out, Nafku, and Now, Rabbi Lazar still was holding by Midas Adin. So, Rabbi Lazar, whatever he saw, he would destroy. So, but Rabbi Shimon, he was an older person, he was able to cure. Abba Masi Rabbi Shimon. Then Rabbi Shimon would heal whatever Rabbi Lazar destroyed. So, Amaloi, so Rabbi Shimon said to Rabbi Lazar, Bni, my son, is enough for the world to have people as connected to Torah learning like you and me, and we don't need to destroy other people. Yeah, look, let let the world function according to normal rules, and between you and me, we're going to keep the world standing. Then the famous story, the Adepanya de Mali Shavsa, it was already Friday afternoon. Hazwa Usaba, they saw this elder person, the Avanaki Trey Medanei Asa. He was running with two bundles of myrtles in his hands. Variety Benashmashos was running to his house already, it was the twilight. Amrile, they asked him, what do you need these myrtles in your hand? So he said, Omerleu, uh, yeah, I want to bring home to have a, a nice fragrance for Shabbos. So, one need two bundles, or it's not, it's not a, one bundle of myrtles, you need two. So, Amaleu, no, I need two. One resembles when Hashem said, and the second one for Shomor is Shabbos. So they said, So Rabbi Shimon said to his son, Chazi, oh, take a look. How much cherished, cherished are the mitzvahs to the Jewish people? So Gafil Baisayo. And with this, their mind got appeased. Many places, remember the Ashkol brings the name of Toysos, Aul Saba, that elder person could be Eliohanavi. Okay, then Shama Rabbi Pinchas ben Yoir Chasane, 
Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair, who was the son-in-law of Rabbi Shimon, but is a Hiddush for me yesterday as I was preparing it in the footnote number 36. According to Melor Rahim, he was the father-in-law based on the Zoyar. So it's interesting. Definitely, as I said in the Mesilo Yisharim, which is based on Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair's Braisa, he was a very big Talmud Chocham. So according to Gemar, he was the son-in-law of Rabbi Shimon, but over there some say he was the father-in-law. Okay, so when he heard that Rabbi Shimon had come out from the Me'arah, he went to see him. And he escorted him to the bathhouse, to the bathhouse. And he was giving some massage, Rabbi Pinchas ben Yoel, to Rabbi Shimon in his flesh. And he noticed that he, Rabbi Shimon, had cracks in his skin because all the years he spent buried in sand. So Rabbi Pinchas started crying when he saw Rabbi Shimon like that. Ava Kabahi, Nasru, Demas, Eine. So the, the tears went over Rabbi Pinchas uh, crying, the tears went, and they fell into the skin of Rabbi Shimon. And Rabbi Shimon was crying out on pain because of the salt of the tears. So Rabbi Pinchas said, Oy, oy, oy. He said, Oy, Vavoy, what to me that I'm seeing you like this with such a destroyed body? Rabbi Shimon answered to him, No, fortunate that you have seen me like this. But for had you not seen me in such a situation, you would not find me to be like this in such a, 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 an unbelievable level of Torah knowledge. Why? The Mikara, before Rabbi Shimon went to the cave, Kiava Makshe Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai Kusha, when Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai would ask a question, Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair would be able to respond with 12 answers to his question. But now, when Rabbi Shimon came out of the cave, Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair Kusha, now the other way around. When Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair would ask a question, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, he would give him 24 answers to his question. So Rabbi Shimon said, if not, for the fact that I went to the cave, I never would attain such a spiritual Torah knowledge. Okay, just to end up the story. So, Amar Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, Oil Nisa, since a miracle was performed for me, is a biskin milsa. Let me do something in the benefit of the community. So, look in the footnote number 38, according to the Ben Yoyada, we learned previously that sometimes, if, I think it was two days ago, if a person places himself in a situation of danger and Hashem saves him, so sometimes Hashem will deduct from the person from his merits. Like Hashem says, oh, I need to make a miracle for you. I'm going to take away some of your reward for your merits for the world to come. So Rabbi Shimon thought, listen, so many miracles happened to me Maybe Hashem is taking away my reward from the world to come. But if I do chesed, so mida can get mida. If I do chesed, Hashem will do also chesed with me 
and don't take away any of my reward. So also he learned this from Jacob Avinu. Regarding Jacob Avinu, it says, Jacob Shalem. After the meeting of Jacob Avinu with both the angel of Aesav and Aesav, he went to Shechem. And he says, and he arrived Shalem. The Amarav and Rav explained the Pasuk that miraculously he was able to be saved from the angel and from Aesav. Says, Shalem the Gufoy, he was uh, intact in the body. Whatever the angel did to Yaakov, he was already okay. Then Shalem the Mamoinoi, and also with his wealth, even though he had to send a lot of presents to Aesav, that didn't affect him. And Shalem the Sarasoi, and also with his Torah that even though he had all these problems, he didn't forget any of his Torah. So, because of all those miracles, says Vaihan Espnei Ayir, that Yaakov Avinu, he encamped before the city. So the word Vaihan is an interesting word, and also is a little bit redundant in the verse. So because of that, Omar Rab, that he did something for the city. So according to Rab, Matbea Tikelaim, for the people of Shechem, he established a new coin. Like this, by, by, I say, minting, by making a coin to the people of Shechem, the, the Shechem had hashivus and had their, their own currency. And this was an important thing he did for the people of Shechem. According to Shmuel, Shvakim Tikelaim, he established marketplaces. He opened shopping centers for the people of Shechem. And Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Merchatzaus Tikelaim. He opened for them bad, 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 bad houses. So we see that also Yaakov Avinu has given thanks for the miracles. He also did something benefit for the community. So that's what Rabbi Shimon Yochai wanted to do. So Amar, so Rabbi Shimon said, Ika milsa devoile sakuni. Tell me, is there anything over here that needs to be improved? Amrulei, they told him, Ika duchta. There's a certain place that initially the Kayanim would walk over there, but now it became a Savek Tuma. Some bodies had been buried over there, and now the Kayanim cannot walk through there. And because of that, the Kayanim have to go a long way around to, to, to get to the place they need to go. So this is and it's difficult for the Quranim to circumvent this area that has a Savik Tuma. So Rabbi Shimon said, oh, that's a good thing for me to fix. Omar, so how was he going to fix it? So he said, Is there any person that knows that maybe previously there was Tiara in this place? So they explain over here, if that area was a cemetery, there's nothing to do. Rav Shimon couldn't make a cemetery now into a, like you know, many countries lately, they, they want to make highways through cemeteries. We cannot do that. So if it was a cemetery, there's nothing to do. But if initially this area was okay, and only recently it became people starting burying people, then I can fix it. This is not Eliyonavi, you're going to say at the end of the story, this wasn't Eliyonavi. So there was a certain elderly person over there, again, he wasn't, not Eliyonavi. 
So there was an elderly person over there, and he said, Can Kitsetz ben Zakai Turmasei Truma? I remember that here, in this place, Rabbi Yohan ben Zakai, that he himself was also a Koyen, used to got lupins of a Truma. And that's why I sent to you yesterday a picture of a lupin. I, I don't know what lupin is. It's like some sort of a bean. And I think maybe kidneys. I think only Nisim can eat them now in Pesach. Okay. So, Yohan ben Zakai would plant over here these lupins of Truma. Now again, Ben Zakai was a Koyen, and also Truma, both of them, the Koyen and the Truma, could only be handled in Tyra. So obviously, by the testimony of this elder, he knew Rabbi Shimon that this area initially wasn't a cemetery. So Rabbi Shimon, so what did he do? Obadiyu Namiyahi, he also did the same thing. Look in the footnote number four. Drashi brings a Yerushalmi that Rabbi Shimon also used lupins and he threw them over there in the area. And Hashem had a miracle that if was any corpse in that area, the corpse would rise miraculously to the ground. And then like that, Rabbi Shimon understood wherever was that uh, fresh ground, that that's where the kever was. And wherever was a hard piece of land that was tower, that's pure, that never been a uh, corpse being buried over there. So let's go back to the Gomorrah. So Kol Eicha de Avakashi. So he went through the whole area, everywhere that the ground was hard, tidy. So he knew that nobody had been buried over there. So he pronounced it to be Tor. And everywhere that the ground was soft, so he knew if it's soft, there's the body buried over there. And he marked off as to be time. And like that, the Quarim already knew where to go and where not to go. Now, uh, let me just finish the story and tell you what I think has to do with Rabbi Shimon. Omar Abu Saba, so after, after was this same elder person, that he's, the one had told him that uh, Rabbi Yohan Zakai would plant up their lupins, he came and he protested against Rabbi Shimon, and he said, Tier ben Yoichai, Beisak Varos, what a chutzpah! How can this Var Yoichai come and make a cemetery a tower, pure? So he went against what Rabbi Shimon did. Omar Loi, Rabbi Shimon said back to this elder, Ilmal Eloisaimano, had you not been with us when we started doing this? The Philoisaimano, Velonimnesaimano, and even if you were there when we started the whole thing, but you were against me, okay, Yafiat Omer, I would agree for you to protest not to do such a thing. But now, Shaisaimano, at the beginning you were with us, you were part of the team doing this, and you were counted among those that we, that we would do, is okay. So Yombru, and now you're saying that uh, what I did was wrong, Yombru people are going to hear and say the following, is even harlots, even harlots, that they are competing one against the other, nevertheless, they braid one another's hair, because they understand it's good for the business that all of them to look nice. So even harlots, they don't attack one another, and then you are causing to again, and to our scholar, obviously, should also be respectful one to another. So why are you attacking me for what I did? 
If you were together with me from the beginning to do it. So Yai Ve'eina, Rabbi Shimon placed his eyes upon him, the Nachnavshe, and he died. Then, just to end up the story, Nafak Leshuke, we went out to the marketplace, and who did he see? Hazili Yudav Ben This initial guy, Yudav Ben Gedim, the one that has spoken what Rabbi Shimon said 13 years ago, or even a little bit more already, originally. So Amar Rabbi Shimon said, A dying Yerzelazeb Olam, still this guy is hanging out in the world. Nasan Be'enav, he set upon his eyes, Ve'asau Gal Shelat Samois. And he turned this guy into a heap of bones. So just uh, before we move on, what I think, why, why Dafka this story with Rabbi Shimon, after he came out and with, the, with this uh, big, big making pure field. So maybe it's a little bit of a marshal over here, that uh, the world was full of tumor. Like uh, this is a marshal, maybe the world was contaminated because of the low spiritual level with the Romans, they contaminated the land of Israel with their, with their, with their Ashkofes, with their lifestyles and all that. Everything was Tumidic. And Rabbi Shimon wanted to be Metair. Because also the Koyanim, who are the Koyim? Mamleches Koyanim Koy Kadosh. Mamleches Koyanim, the Jewish people were the Koyanim. So maybe because of the Tuma of the Romans, with the Jewish people, the Koyanim couldn't walk. It was difficult. So Rabbi Shimon was the one through his uh, personality and he, through his teachings and the Zohar and the Torah to, to be able to mark what is Tam and what is Taur. So he gave us the clarity that all the teachings, the, 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 the recent corpses, corpses that have been buried by the Romans, all the tomb of the Romans, to have clarity, and gave, gave us the path where to walk Betaira. And and opposition stood against Rabbi Shimon. Whenever a person comes to, to try to bring light and condition to the world, there's always Erev Rav, people with bad spiritual roots trying to stop people from, from doing the right thing and he ended up burning this guy. That's my own take. I hope you enjoy it. Says the Mishnah, Three things a person must say in his home, Erev Shav just in the eve of Shabbos, just before its Shabbos starts. Esartem, he's asking the question. Esartem, have you separated the miser of whatever you need on Shabbos? Iraftem, have you made an Eruv? So he were talking two sorts of Eruvim. Either Eruv Tchumim, for a person to be able to walk 2,000 Amot from one side unto another. We spoke about it in the first chapter. Or also Eruv Hatzerus, like here in Johannesburg, we have an Eruv to be able to carry from house to house. And then, as, after asking this question, then he says, Adlikus Aner, if he sees they haven't lit the Shabbos candles, he should instruct the people in the house, okay, already go and kindle the Shabbos lights. So uh, they explain in the footnotes, this he should do not too early during the Friday, because then people might pro procrastinate, might end up not doing it, and also not too late for people, if they haven't done it, to be able to do it. Now, says the Mishnah, shecha, shecha. if there's already a doubt, maybe already it's dark, we mean it, meaning to say maybe already is after sunset, and maybe it's not dark. So in the period called Benashmashos, I'm sorry, this is in the period of Benashmashos, soon today we're going to see that period. 
So if it's already maybe Benashmashos, so in Melsin Esavadai, we might not we might not separate myself from certain produce that has to be Meiser taking away. Also in Madilim Sakelin, you cannot immerse in the mikvah vessels, either vessels that became impure, that nowadays it doesn't apply, but in the days of the temple it applied, or even new vessels that you bought and you need to bring to the mikvah. Ven Madlikin and And also, you cannot anymore kindle Shabbos lights because it may already be Shabbos. But you might, yes, separate myself from the Mai. We spoke many times, the Mai is a produce that you bought from an Amaretz. We are in doubt whether the Amaretz already separate myself or not. So therefore, just to be sure, we separate myself. But since chances are that already myself has been taken out from here, then it's okay to separate myself. You make an Eruv. And also, we're going to see soon that you can insulate, do atmana with hot food to remain hot for Shabbos. So, I forgot to mention, why shouldn't a person take maestros? Because uh, it's like a makabe patish. You are fixing, let me just see if that was for sure the case. It's like fixing the fruit. Let me just double check it. I think it's because of that, it's because you are not you cannot fix the food on Shabbos. Uh, and that's also the same reason why like here, footnote number sixteen. It says, what is pro prohibited to do maestros on Shabbos? Because it's, uh, it's only a rabbinical. It's like fixing the crop to be able to be eaten. And it's only rabbinical. Nevertheless, you shouldn't do it. And also making the Eruv. It resembles like making a Kenyan. Because to make the Eruv, you have to acquire the area. So it resembles like making a Kenyan on Shabbos. That's why you shouldn't do it. Okay. The Gemara says, Minani Mili. What is the source in Tanakh? According to Rashi, the Gemara is asking, where do we find in Tanakh that there's a mitzvah to tell people, like the husband should tell the people in the house to kindle the Shabbos candles? Rabbi Shabbin Levi, Omar Rabbi Shabbin Levi, he brings a Pasuk. Then you shall know that there is peace in your tent and you shall command your abode and you will not sin. Look in the footnote 23 how the Gemara Darshans this. This is a verse in Yov. So the verse is interpreted in this way. You shall know whether there is peace in your tent that means you will see whether a lamp which will increase peace in your home, Shalom Bayis, is burning or not. And if not, then command your abode and you will not sin, meaning to say, I remind your household to kindle one.
So that is a verse how we learn that a husband should inquire and should command people to kindle the Shabbos candles. Okay. Omar Gav Even though the sages said the three things I mentioned is from Erev Shabbos, one should say them in a nice, gentle way, for people to accept his reminder and not to feel resentful the way he says it. Now, this is difficult because you know Erev Shabbos is special Yetzirah. Sometimes we are very anxious, very tense. And we have to be careful. Whenever, whatever we tell our wives and our kids to do, should be in a gentle way. Please pick up your clothing. Please do that. Please do that. Not to be in a strong way. Omar Ravashi. Ravashi commented on this. Ana lo shmiale. I didn't hear before this teaching of Rabba Baruna. And nevertheless, I myself came to implement this on my own reasoning. It makes sense. Okay, now the Gemara is going to analyze the Mishnah. The Mishnah itself seems to be contradictory. Because Ambres, in the beginning of the Mishnah, you said, three things a person should say in his house, in the house in just before it's dark. So it means to say, Im in before it's already dark, yes, but if you already a doubt whether it's already dark or not, meaning to say during twilight, you cannot, you cannot tell people to do this. So again, these three things is take my sirs, make the eruv, and light the candles. If you're already maybe in Ben Hashmasos, you already cannot tell them to do that. But the other Tani, but then what is the next part of the Mishnah? It says, If you're already in doubt, then you can do the Eruv. So it's a Kasha. You first tell me not, and then you tell me yes. The Gemara gives a Siman. There's going to be many Alachas throughout the whole Masech Shabbos that they're going to be taught by Rabbi Abba Amarabhiya Barashi. So they're going to be Gufe, Zimbra, Tsipara, Bechalva, the Milasa, which is pruning a bird, the rope, and wool. So the first one has to do with us, Begufe, in this itself contradiction. Omar Rabbi Abba Amarabhiya Barashi. Omar Rabbi Nemovrab. He said, look, Asha, this is not a contradiction. Can be'erubetchumim, oh, in the first part of the Mishnah, that the Mishnah says, if it's already been ashmashos, you can't, is eruvetchumim, which is the eruv to, to permit a person to walk 2,000 amot, a meal, outside of the tchum, outside of the limits of the city. So the way to do that we saw it in peregrination, you take Hala and you go out to the um, place 2,000 uh, amot from the border of your city 
and you establish over there before Shabbos, you make like a Kenyan of that place in the public area by placing a hall over there. And rabbinically is considered that that is your new location for Shabbos. So you get 2,000 amot, one kilometer from the limit of the city all the way there. And that gives you another kilometer to the other direction. Now, to make this tchum resembles like making a Kenyan. And that sort of Kenyan, it's forbidden to do on Shabbos. And that, that need for that Eruv uh, Tchumim has a source in the Torah. So therefore, that type of Kenyan is more of a strong Torah Kenyan. And therefore, Chachamin said, if it's already in doubt whether Shabbos or Shabbos, you cannot do it. So that's why the Rasha said, only before Benashmashus. But the second part of the Mishnah, that even during Benashmashus you can, is already is the other, the other Eruv, which is the Eruv Hatzeros, the one we have here in Johannesburg, that would permit you to carry from your house to the street. Now, this is to carry from only to the house to a Carmelis, that the Carmelis is not rabbinical. So according to the Torah, you can. And because it's only rabbinical, and also for this type of Eruv, there's no source in the Tanakh, we're more lenient. So therefore, this Eruv Hatzeros, you are permitted to do even already Benashmashes. If it's already Shabbos, for sure, you can't. Because even this type of Eruv, don't do it on Shabbos. But Benashmashes, you can. Look in the footnotes, the Gemara is going to ask a question that the three things that we mentioned initially you can't two of them benashmashos which is separate the miser of for sure table and this eruv tchumim that you can't benashmashos it's only rabbinical so we see that the Tana, even rabbinical things he says don't do it benashmashos so why this third one which is also rabbinical the eruv tchumim why he would, yes, permit? That's going to be for tomorrow. Okay, Blinner. This is how the Gemara answers. Now the Gemara is going to teach us an alaha, very interesting alaha. We have a Rabbi. Rabbi said the following alaha. Tse, Ambrulo, Two people, two different people, make a third guy to be their messenger, the Shaliyah. And they tell him, Tse, please go out and make an Eruv for us. For us to be able to walk the 2,000 Amot further. Now, this guy goes out and because he had to go to the two different places, two different directions. So, Lechad Iren Alam For one of them, he was able to make the Eruv Hatzeros, I'm sorry, the Eruv Tchumim to walk over 2,000 uh, Amot while it was still day. And let me tell you something. For the Eruv to be functional, to be alachic, okay, it has to do, it has to be completed during the day. Once Shabbos starts, you cannot make an Eruv anymore. So he was able to make the Eruv while it was still daylight. And the Velechad, but the second person, Irev Alab Ben Ashmashus. 
he was only able to make the Eruv when it was already this period of twilight, when Ashmashus. Now, and then what happened to the Eruv, which is, let's say, a loaf of bread that he was able to do before sunset, then Nechal Eruv and Ashmashus. Then a dog came and ate the loaf of bread already been Ashmashus. Now, for an Erev to be valid, it has to be there when, Shab- when Shabbos starts. But if a dog ate the Eruv when Shabbos starts, it's not valid anymore. So a dog came and ate the loaf of bread in the period of Ben Ashmashus. And the other guy, This is really not so important. Look in the footnotes, doesn't really make much of a difference. That also from the other guy, there was eaten once it's already Shabbos, was already dark. Says Rabbi, Shnem Kana Eruv. Both of these people's Eruv, Kana is okay, and they work. The Gemara says, Manaf Shach, how could this be? Even Ashmashus Yomemaru. We're going to go now into the topic of what is considered this twilight period. If it's telling me it's day, son Basra Likni, so the, the, the second one should be okay. Kamalonikni, but the first one shouldn't be okay because for the second one, even though he made the air of Ben Ashmashos, if you tell me still they, so then that's fine because when night came down, the roof was there and the loaf, the bread was there. But for the first person, when night started, the bread was gone. The, the, the dog had eaten the bread. So it's not good. They even ashmashos lailau. And if you're telling me when ashmashos is already night, so the other way around. Kamaligni. So then the first arrow should be okay because the first person there was placed before Ben Ashmashos. Then when Ben Ashmashos started, the bread was still there. Then the, go- the dog came and ate it, but it was already okay. But then the second person shouldn't be okay because the bread was placed for the Eruv after Ben Ashmashos. And if you tell me Ben Ashmashos already night, the Eruv was placed already when Shabbos already started, so it shouldn't be okay. Says the Gemara, this is the Hiddush of Rava. Rabbi Nashmashos, Sveikau, since this twilight period, we are in doubt whether it's day or night. So, Sveikau the Rabbana Lekula, since this making an Eruv Tchumim is only rabbinical, therefore we take it leniently in both directions. And the Hiddush of Rabbi, it was done by the same Sheliach. It's the same messenger. And nevertheless, we can say for the same person, the same messenger, that for one person that he did, it was day. And for the other person that he did, it was night at the same time. Interesting, huh? Okay, let's continue. Another Lach of Rabbi. Why is the reason that the Chochamin said in Tomlin Bedavra Shenu Moisiv Hevel Mishra Sheikha? Why is it forbidden 
to insulate, to do atmana of food once it becomes dark and even though this is something that doesn't increases the heat. So well, this is one of the topics we're going to see at the beginning of ch chapter 3. And this is good because all the different alahot of what, how can we handle hot uh, food to heat or to keep hot during Shabbos are going to be based on this and they're going to be based on the beginning of chapter 3. So what are we dealing over here? Atmana is, let's say, I have done it a couple of times, you have over here in South Africa uh, a load shading. And already when Shabbos starts, there's no more electricity. So what can you do? So you can take your hot food, let's say your hot soup or whatever it is, and you can wrap it with blankets. And with that you isolate the, the, the pot and it keeps warm. So the alaha is, you can do it, that is called atman in Hebrew. To, atman means to, to bury, to, to cover. Now, you can do atmana with a blanket only before Shabbos, before Shabbos starts. But let's say Shabbos already started. It's already 7.30 p.m. And then you get the low shading. And you're not ready to eat, you're still doing other stuff. Let's say it's Pesach. Well, yeah, no, Pesach you can, but see, let's say Shabbos. Oh, Pesach on a, on a Shabbos, on a Friday night. And you're and you, and you still busy doing stuff. Already on Shabbos, you cannot take a blanket and wrap your pot not to get cold. So Rabbi says, why not? This is rabbinical decree where concern you might come to boil the pot before you do atmana. Because if you come to wrap your pot in a blanket and let's say you find it's not hot enough, so maybe before you're going to wrap it, let's say you want to save it hot for tomorrow. Let's say you have a timer. Let me give you a different example. You have a timer and the, your, your stuff is going to go off in 20 minutes. And then you're going to wrap it to keep warm until tomorrow. But then when you go to wrap it, you realize it's not, it's not burning. You might come to turn the stove higher to bring it back to burning before you wrap it. So out of that concern, Chachamin said, once Shabbos starts, you cannot do atmana. You cannot wrap any pots. Omale Avayi, Avayi is going to challenge Rabbi. Yeah, if that is the case, why don't we also forbid people to do it, even Benashmashos? Why did the Mishnah say that Benashmashos you can betominim esachamin? Why are you just allowed to do atmana in the period of twilight? Omar Rabbe, Rabbe says, Stam kederos rotchoisen. Because in Benashmashos, always you're going to find your pot boiling. Because it's Friday afternoon, you're just been boiling your pot. So at that time of the afternoon, we're not concerned you might come to move the coals to reboil it. So at that time is okay. Only later on, 
Only when Shabbos already starts, then you shouldn't do it. Okay. Now another halacha. Omar Rabbe said, Nimrei Mamru, for what reason did Chachamin said? Now, we're speaking about isolating with something, materials that can increase the heat. Let's say you use some chemicals, or in our case, you use the blech. Something that is already increasing the heat. Why can't you do atmana even on Friday afternoon with that? Oh, because we are concerned if we permit to you to do atmana with a, a material that increases the heat, a person might utilize some uh, ashes that have mixed some live coals with them in his atmana on a Friday afternoon. So what is the big deal? Let him isolate. And what if he comes to move the coals? He's still there. He's still not Chavez. Says no. Xera Shema Yechate Begcholim. No, he might come to rock the coals when it's already Chavez. For them to 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 cook better the dish when it's already Shabbos and that would be already a problem. Look in the footnotes that depends and he might come to cook. So depends how much the food was cooked. If the food was completely cooked, it wouldn't be considered any more cooking. But if it wasn't completely if, if it wasn't completely cooked, then there would be a problem of cooking on Shabbos. So just to sum up, before we move into the last page of today, Rosh Hashem, that uh, two things. Um, if it's something that doesn't increase the heat, like a blanket, you can do atmana on a Friday afternoon before Shabbos, but not on Shabbos. But if it's something that is going to increase the heat, you cannot even use even before Shabbos starts. So just to do this side of the page, a very interesting Gemora. This is going to be the end of this chapter. What it is considered Ben Ashmashus, this twilight. And actually look in the footnotes that they don't even like, like the, the, the word twilight. Because Ben Ashmashos is even more than that. It's, a different, it's like an alachic concept. Tanabanan. There are different opinions in the Tanaim. What is this period called Ben Ashmashos? So, according to the first opinion of Yude, Ben Ashmashos, Safek min ayom, Safek min ayom, umin alayla. So, it's, it's a period where we don't know if it's either day or night. So, what is, what is the doubts over here? Could be that this twilight that uh, is going to be already is still logically considered day until the three stars come out. Maybe the whole period of twilight is logically day. Could be no. Could, could be that once sunset, it's already night. 
Vesavik also, I know, no, the, so, so, I'm sorry. The first one is Safek Minayomu Milayla. The first doubt is maybe day and night together. Then maybe it's only day and maybe it's only night. We're going to see soon the implications of these doubts. So, Matili Noiso, therefore, we consider this period Lehomer Shneyamim, of uncertainties of upon the stringencies of, of, of the both days. Now, what is this Venashmashus? So, is according to the first opinion, Meshitishaka Hama, once the sun has set. Now, the R scroll and, and is going to explain according to Rashi, and that's the way we, uh, we whoever is not Mahmi like Rabinotam, we follow. Some people are more stringent like Rabinotam. <laughs> Sorry, because Rabinotam learns this Gemara in a completely different way. But not Rabinotam, we're going to follow Rashi. So, this sunset is what we call sunset, when the sun just disappears in the horizon. So is there as long as the eastern face of the sky is red. So please look with me in the footnote number eight. It says that the clouds on the eastern horizon appear red from the glint of the sun's rays. Now the term Pnei Mizrach literally means face of the east, but it's somewhat ambiguous. The Gemara initially assumes that it refers to the sky over the eastern horizon. Since the sun sets in the west, so the eastern horizon is the first part of the sky to darken after sunset. But later, when I see the Gemara of Hashem, page 35, that clarifies that the meaning is a different meaning of this face of the east. Okay, so the Gemara starts describing when is Menashmashus. Again, is when the, once the sun has set, and as long as the eastern face of the sky is red, is red then Ixiva Tachton, when the bottom of the sky is already closer, the part closer to the horizon has darkened, that is the first one to become dark. Below Ixiva Elyon, but the upper part of the sky has not yet darkened. And then Benashmashos, this is Benashmashos. Now, if already the top part of the sky has become dark, and it became the same dark as the bottom sky, then it's already Laila. And there's already no, no more doubt. The good one is gonna Today we're going to go in the next side of the page, in the next uh, 34b3, just to clarify this opinion of Yehuda. Then Rabbi Nehemi Omer, Kedai Shalech Adam Mishetishaka Hama Hatzimil. It's for a person, once the sun sets, Menashmashos last, the time that it takes a person to walk half a meal. And after that, it's already night. Looking in front of number 10, that half a meal is about nine minutes. And after that, it's already night. Rabbi Yossi Omer, if you remember from the very first page of Brachos, Rabbi Yossi holds, Ben Ashmashos Kerevain, is like a blink of an eye. Zenichnas Vezei Yoitze. 
the night enters and the day departs. Gev shalamod alav. And it's impossible, it's such a short period for a person to determine to determine to know when it was. Okay. Now let's start analyzing this Brisa. So the Brisa says as follows. Okay. Let me just try to find out what's so Amar Mar, the Gemara is going to analyze this price. Because we are in such doubts, we place upon this period of Enashmashos the stringencies of two days. So the Gemara is asking, give me an Alaha, Alaha Lemaise, that we can see what does it mean to apply the stringencies of Friday and of Shabbos? And the truth is the Gemara is going to bring not only during Friday or Shabbos, it's going to bring it even during the week. So look in the footnotes. If just a doubt whether it's day or night, that is simple to know to take both stringencies. That's what we do on Shabbos. Because it might be already Shabbos, on Friday, we stop doing melacha already by sunset. And then on a Saturday, we don't, we don't start doing melacha until three stars come out. So that part is clear that we apply stringencies of Shabbos in that period, at the beginning of it, and at the end of it. At the beginning of it, already from sunset, we consider it night. And at the end of it, on Saturday night, we already considered, we still considered day until it's three stars. That is clear. What the Gemara wants to understand, an example, when you can say that this day and night overlap during the period of Benashmashos, and you would apply the, the stringencies of both day and night. What is an example of that? So a Gemara brings this genius, you're going to see the genius of the Gemora. Regarding the following alaha on Ilchos impurity. There's a Mishnah that says like this, Roshne Yomim. So we're talking about a Zav. So look in the fundo number 13. Let me tell you what it says over there. We spoke many times already since we started off Yomi of the Tuma called Zav. Zav is somebody that has an emission, something that looks like semen, but it's not really semen. It's like more like a, a disease. So it depends like this. If a person sees only once, had a once-off coming of that, it's the same level of impurity of semen, which is not a big deal. He waits only one day, he goes to the mikvah, and by the night he's already pure, he can go to the beta mikvah, no problem. And whatever he touches, he doesn't become contaminated. Now, the, 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 the more of a severe case of, of the tomb of the Zab, when it starts already coming more than once. So it's like this. If a person has twice coming out this thing out of his organ, so then, he already acquires the tumor of the Zav 
and whatever he touches becomes impure and he's impure for seven days but this to become this tomb of Azab by having twice Ziva coming out of him has to be consecutive either twice on the same day or in two cons consecutive days but it had once on a Monday and the second time on a Wednesday they don't connect and therefore it's like a one day now if he has three times is even more hamur, more stringent than to purify himself besides making things tumidic and uh, needing seven, seven days now he also needs to bring a korban he needs to be a sacrifice if he sees three times but again has to be either three times in one day or in three consecutive days so says now the Mishnah Rash Neyomim Ben Ashmashus there's a person that experiences irregular emission on two consecutive days but when, when did he see one day after the other coming out Ziva in the period of the Nashmashus then this guy we're going to see soon why he can get into doubt of the three levels of Tuma is Savek Letuma the Lekorban he's a doubt whether in state of Tuma and in ability of a Korban but we're going to see soon why but if he only Ra Yom Echad Ben Ashmashos it was only one day when Ashmashu that he saw this, then uh, he's only Safek Letuma. He can only be Safek Letuma. So I'm sorry, but we need to read this inside. I don't remember every single detail to tell you by heart, but let's read it together. We're in the footnote number 15. So because of the various uncertainties associated with this period of Ashmashu's, so it's possible that he experienced the equivalent of three consecutive emissions or two consecutive emissions or none. And then these are the, the, the following possibilities. Possibility number one. So for the sake of illustration, assume that the person saw one emission during Merashmashos on a Sunday evening and then another emission during Merashmashos of a Monday evening. Now let's see what would happen over here. Now it is possible that he experienced the first emission during a part of an Ashmashos that was entirely day. So likewise, he might have experienced the following day's emission during a part of an Ashmashos that was entirely comprised of night. So if that is the case, he had emissions separated by a full day. So if the first emission is in an Ashmashos of a Sunday that is day, and then in the Mashmashos of Monday, which is already night, so he would have experienced the first on Sunday and the second on a Tuesday. So there is not one after the other because Monday he had nothing. So therefore he wouldn't be classified as Avatol and he's like a off. And the tube of Ziva wouldn't apply to him. Okay? Then possibility number two, let's say because of this doubt of what's happening during Menashmashos, so it could be that the flows were in such a way that they're not separated by a full day. Why? Both 
Sundays and Mondays flows, but Habakkuk during the part of Neshmashos there was night. Or they might both be occurred in the, the part of Neshmashos there was day. So therefore, here here he will either have experienced the flows on Monday and Tuesday, or maybe Sunday and Monday. But in any case, if he had two consecutive days, then he would have the tomb of two days. Additionally, the first flow might have been experienced during the night and the second during the day, in which case both would have occurred on Monday. So in any of these cases, whether it was in two consecutive days or both in the same day, is the same halacha. The flows would be deemed consecutive and the person will attain the status of Zav and then we have a degree of Ziva for seven days. But nevertheless, because it was only in two days, he doesn't have to bring a Korban. Because there weren't three. Now, what is possibility number three? Like a single emission that spans two days is counted as two consecutive emissions. So let's say it's, it's the same emission coming out, but the emission takes a long time. So if the emission starts in one day and continues and ends in a second day, the change of days render it as if he had two. So those. The person's two emissions could, in some circumstances, be legally counted as three consecutive ones. Let's see the example. For instance, that sometime in the interval that Sunday's Ben Ashmash's emissions took place, the actual transition between day and night took place. So in such a case, the flow will have a cure partially during the day and partially during the night. And from a legal standpoint, the person would have experienced two consecutive emissions, one on Sunday and one on Monday, even though it was the same flow. But if Benasmashos is considered overlapping day and night, could be that during the, this first day of flow of Ziva, is considered that he added a day and a night at the same time. So he already has to. In turn, even turn, the following day's emission took place during a part of the Nashmashus that was actually night. The person will have experienced a flu on Tuesday as well. So making three consecutive days in all. So in such a scenario, he would come a full Zav and we have to bring a Korban. So that's how you can find the three aspects in only two days of the Nashmashus. So it's brilliant. This is genius. Okay, uh, gentlemen, congratulations for your patience. This is the last, the last 30, 34B3. This is the last for today, Hashem. Now the Gemara goes back to the Brisa. And Rabbi Yudha said something that the Gemara is going to question. Agufekasha. The first description of Enosmashos seems to contradict itself. Ambres, you first told me, Ezu Benashmashos. What is Benashmashos? Meshetishokah Hama, once the sun has set, 
כל זמן שפי מזרח מדהימים. As long as the eastern face of the sky is red, that is Menos Mashos. Okay? From that opening statement, I can infer, this implies, Ah, Ixiva Tachton, Velo Ixiva Elion, but if already the bottom part of the sky is not anymore red, it's already dark, even though the upper part of the sky is not yet darkened, Laila, it should already be night. But then, at the end you tell me, Ve'adar Tana, Ixiva Tachton, Velo Ixiva Elion, but if the bottom part has been darkened, but not the upper part, it's still Benash Mashos. It's still this twilight time. So it's a contradiction. So then the Gemara is going to offer two answers how to read the price. First one is going to be Rabba. And the interesting thing, one is going to be Rabba, and this is going to be Rav Yosef, that there were two compared to con contemporaries. If you remember, remember at the very end of Brachot, Rabba was called Oikerarim. He was the sharp, the, the one that could analyze things and break them. And Rav Yosef was the Sinai, the one that knew everything. And both are going to give different answers, but on the name of the same people. <laughs> so Rabba says in the name of Rav Yud, the name of Shmuel, the following understanding of the Braisa. Kroch Besani, so combine the two parts of the Braisa together, and they're really one. And this is what Abidah meant. Ezu Benashmashos, what is the period of Benashmashos? Is Mishetishaka Hama, starting with the Shkia, Mishetishka Hama, Kosman Sheplei Mizrach Madimim, and it continues as long as the eastern face of the sky is reddening. And more of all, even when the bottom of the sky is darken, darkened, all that is still the same period. And the upper part of the sky has not yet darkened. It's also Benashmashos. Which means, what Rabiuda meant is, from sunset, all the period that the east part of the sky is red, and even during the part that only the bottom is dark, as long as the higher part of the sky is still not dark. All that is Venashmashus. Ixiv Aelion, only when the upper part of the sky has darkened, Veishvalitachton, and then attain the same color dark as the bottom of the sky, only then is Laila, only then is night. Okay, this is according to Rabba, a name of Yudan Nashman, how to understand the price. Comes Rabbi Yosef, and he says in the name of Rav Yudan Shmuel a different answer. He says, Achi Ketani, this is what Rav Yudan meant. Kozman, Mishe Tishka Achama, once the sun has set, Kozman Shepnei Mizrach Madimin, as long as the eastern face of the sky is still reddening, Yom, is still day. Oh, so according to this second interpretation, when the sky is red, it hasn't started Benashmashos. When the sky is red, it's still day. Only later. Only later when the bottom of the sky is already dark, and the upper part of the sky is not yet dark, then that is when it starts Benashmashos. 
Then when the Ixiva Elion, and later on when even the upper part of the sky is being darkened, then Eveishva Letachdon is the same dark as the bottom one, that is already night. Lailau, that is night. Okay, the Gemara says, Ve'azu Letamayu, and both Rav and Rav Yosef follow their own opinions. Deitmar, it was stated once, Shur Benashmashu is Bekama, they ask the question, how long is Benashmashus? So Amar Rabba, Amar Rabbi Yudah, Amar Shmuel. So Rabba said in Amar Rabbi Yudah, Amar Shmuel, Shlosha Chelkei Mil. Three parts of a mil. Mil is a kilometer. Three parts of a kilometer. This is Gemara Amar, Shlosha Chelkei Mil. What do you mean by three parts of a kilometer? Ilaymatlate Palge Mile. If you mean to say three halves of a mil, then say, Nema Milo Mechza. Say a kilometer and a half. A mil and a half. El atlate tiltai, rather mila, did he mean to say three-thirds of a meal? So three-thirds is one, name a meal, <laughs> tell me one. Ela, rather, what he meant to say is tlate redioi mila, rather he meant to say three-fourths, fourths of a meal. Okay, so you look in the calculations, this is about... 13 and a half minutes. There's two opinions. One would consider 13 and a half, and one consider 18. We many times use this uh, measurement of 13 and a half, and we say, if you haven't done in Mincha, or if you, any day of the week, and you haven't started Shaleshudes, you, you have this 13 and a half minutes leeway of Enashmashos to do it. According to this opinion. Now, according to Rav Yosef, and with this we end today, Rav Yosef Amar, Rav Yudeomar Shmuel, and the same Rav Yosef name Rav Shmuel, he said, Shnei Chelke Mil, two parts of a mil. So says, my, chelke, my Shnei Chelke Mil, what do you mean by two parts of a mil? Ilema Trey Palgimila, if you mean to say two halves of a mil, Lema Mil, two halves, it's one. Tell me one mil. Vela trade ve mila. Rather, you may you might suggest that it means two fourths of a mil. Lema hati mil. Two fourths is half. So tell me half mil. Just to end up this, el or rather he must mean. Trade tilt a mil. Two thirds of a mil. So two thirds of a mil is about. 12 minutes for one opinion and up to 16 minutes to a second opinion. Now, just to end up, says the Gemara, my benayu, then when it comes out to be the difference between these two opinions, says the Gemara, I give palga de danka. Danka was a coin used in those days, and that coin was a sixth. So, half of a sixth would be a twelfth of a mil. So, when it comes out between these two opinions, it's maybe between one and a half to two minute difference. <laughs> so that is the discrepancy between these two opinions, maximum a total of two minutes between one and a second opinion, how long is Ben Ashmashus? So according to one opinion can go from 12 minutes, the other opinion would hold, it go to 13 and a half minutes. Shkar, gentlemen. So hopefully I'll see you tomorrow, Hashem. I'll, I'll be in touch with you. Shkar.